This is the Conduit Church Teaching Podcast. Thanks for joining us. It's our mission to be a conduit of Jesus to the community in front of us and the world around us, starting with the teaching of His Word. Enjoy the message. Get your Bibles open to Revelation 4. Uh, I want to pray for us, and then James is going to read the Scripture to us. Heavenly Father, when we come to you in your Word, it is a light and a lamp unto our feet. This is a dark world. What we need is a bright light, and you have given us that light through your word. And as we encounter this, this revelation, this apocalypse, this viewing, unveiling of who you are today, we ask for that to be real and alive in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. After this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven, and the voice I had first heard speaking to me like a trumpet said, Come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit, and there before me was a throne in heaven with someone sitting on it. And the one who sat there had the appearance of jasper and ruby, a rainbow that shone like an emerald and encircled the throne. Surrounding the throne were 24 other thrones, and seated on them were 24 elders. They were dressed in white and had crowns of gold on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder. In front of the throne, seven lamps were blazing. These are the seven spirits of God. Also in front of the throne, there was what looked like a sea of glass, clear as crystal. In the center, around the throne, were four living creatures, and they were covered with eyes in front and in back. The first living creature was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a face like a man, and the fourth was like a flying eagle. Each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around, even under its wings. Day and night, they never stopped saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they were created and have their being. That is God's word. Um, John is basically saying here, hey, I, I know you think this is what's going on. This is God basically saying this to John. John saying it to us. I know you think this is what's going on. Domitian killing your friends and your family. I know you think that the government completely losing its uh, stuff it, it, is what's going on. But I want to give you a peek behind the curtain and this is what's really going on. And it's fascinating because there's something happening here that's bigger than you and me. How many of you know who Art Bell is if I say that name? Now be careful because you're about to embarrass yourself. You're either a a next level nerd or you are a musician who has driven all night before, right? Scotty, you want to say what I'm saying? In the olden days, kids, um, the only thing we had available to listen to uh, if we wanted any sort of entertainment was what just happened to be on the radio. 
And I was a tour manager back then. We were driving what, uh, I don't know, could best be described as like an airport shuttle bus that had been converted into a camper. Now they've got like Instagram pages where they devote to, oh, I've fixed this whole van, it's gonna be my life. And like, yeah, but the first time that breaks down or you blow a transmission in Butte, Montana, like Instagram that for me because that's the story of our life with touring. You get out there, oh, this looks so great. I have this old school bus that, you know, it's, looks beautiful inside and it's sitting on the side of the road because it's broke down. That was the story of my life. My wife went with me on a few of those. True story, we broke down once on I-65 North heading uh, to Indianapolis. We were with a band called East to West, Mike Rapp. And, uh, and I had just seen on 60 Minutes, I swear I'm not making this up, this is before cell phones, that you are much more likely to get help on the side of the road if you were a beautiful woman standing on the side of the road. It was like no degrees out, and I made my wife stand out on the side of the inner, because no, nobody was stopping for me. Now, in fairness, unfortunately, she was like bundled up in a blanket, so they really couldn't tell, you know, but eventually we did get help. But my point is, is that I would drive these things. That band uh, later, Jay became Rascal Flat, so it worked out okay for Jay. But uh, I would drive at night all night long trying to keep myself awake, which included Mountain Dew. I know, my, my daughter just winced. Uh, but it was like a lot of caffeine. They didn't have Red Bull. Uh, and sunflower seeds, because your mouth is moving. And Art Bell, coast to coast. Not because it was what I wanted to listen on the radio as much as it was the only thing on the radio. <laughs> You'd get, anybody remember AM radio? Oh, come on, man, right? <laughs> and they'd get that AM station out of like Des Moines. Uh, and you could catch it like in Little Rock on a really good night. Uh, and you could catch it all the way from like Little Rock to Tulsa. The problem is, is sometimes you'd run out of signal and it was usually right around the time that the guy had been abducted by an alien and you're just about to find out what happened and they'd be like, <laughs> so I'm like, I'm never gonna know. Now it's just podcasts, I can go find it out. But that was like middle of the night, weirdo, crazy stuff 25, 30 years ago. And I'm telling you, just the last few weeks, I don't know if you've noticed or not, but that whole thing about whether you know, the government has been looking out for alien technology, if anybody like that, like that's all of a sudden moving to the mainstream. I, like this is literally the New York Times, like last week. They're literally, like the Navy has released that they're actually seeing craft out there that they can't explain that doesn't seem to obey the laws of physics. Do you hear what I'm, do you know what I'm talking about? Have you guys seen any of this? Oh my gosh, I feel so nerdy right now. Come on, so, any, please. Thank you, okay, okay, thank you. Um, I'm about to, we're about to do a whole different sermon here. <laughs> if, if you don't know what I'm talking about. But the point is, this mainstream society, whether it's Joe Rogan or Elon Musk, they're all asking the same question that used to be for the fringe, but now it's in the center, and that is, is there anything else out there? Is there something else that could possibly explain what we're experiencing here. And they are stretching from humanistic sides because if, if you're like Rogan made the comment on his podcast, look, this whole Big Bang thing, that's crazy. To believe that, but that's what we believe is crazy. Which it is. Something that was smaller than a pinhead and then it becomes everything. And by the way, it's what the Bible said happened from the beginning. It's literally a humanist approach to try to figure out what's happening of what the Bible has already explained to us. And what I 
thought about, and I was talking to Mo. Mo's a little, he said his butt cheeks clenched up just a little bit when I talked about this, but, uh, but, but we, we thought, I thought this might be fun to talk about uh, in, this, in this week's podcast. Um, because look, there, there's no question that uh, what's happening is their life beyond us is something that's in the middle of every conversation right now coming from whether it's the U.S. government or... But, this is something that Bible prophecy guys have been talking about for years. So Chuck Missler back in the 90s was talking about like, hey, Genesis 6, like the sons of man. I mean, Jamie Brandenburg, I know you have done a deep dive on this. What, what the world of the sons of God and the daughters of men breeding and creating a super race of you? What? Nephilim, that's Genesis 6. Fascinating, isn't it? And what did Jesus say in, in Luke uh, he said that so in the days of Noah, so it shall be in the days of the return of the Son of Man. I don't know what any of that means other than it's utterly fascinating. And that what I do know is this, whether any of that, I don't know, but I know that humans right now, the most brilliant minds out there, Richard Dawkins, Christopher Hitchens, God rest his soul, we're all asking the same question is how did we get here? And their best guess, by the way, is that somebody from outside of our galaxy came in and created us so it's, that's what they're saying. Now, in their mind, it's too big of a leap to say that it's God. Just too big of a leap. But they're at least there. And if you're there this morning, and that's your wondering of it, I'm here to tell you that this is, Revelation 4 is it. This is the glimpse behind the curtain. There is something bigger going on than just you or I. Like when you start talking about string theory, about multi-universes simultaneously, that's all the Bible has been saying is going on for thousands of years. And that's what Revelation 4 is. He says that once I was in the spirit. Now, does that mean a trance? Or does it mean that he switched between a different continuum? Now, that might sound crazy, but you've seen stranger things. It can happen. <laughs> he stepped into a realm that, by the way, is not way out there, but is right here. And that's a promise for you and for me that when I feel like I'm in the bottom of the boat and the, the ship is sinking, Jesus is right here. He's not over there. He's right here. And even though I can't see nor experience him, he can see and experience me and has it all under control. And Revelation 4, man, when you go to this and what happens in this passage is John is taken behind the curtain and he sees what I think is the absolute center of the universe. This is not a question of what is an alternate reality. This is what is the ultimate reality. And he steps into the ultimate reality and sees in the literal, the center of the universe from where the big bang emanated from the mouth of God. And if you're an atheist or a humanist and you say, well, that's crazy. How could a God? You have to say something did it. So what you're believing is kind of crazy too. Can we at least acknowledge that? Right, that what you're saying and what you're saying happened is these are awfully close to religious conversations you're having. You just won't admit it. That, that, that in the center is this God that, that is still coming out of him, light. The idea that the universe continues to expand is an idea that a God that is continuing to expand in light. At the center of the universe, you see that. You see what is like the ultimate reality of the universe in the middle of it. And we see what is the power of the universe sitting right in the middle of it. The, the center of the universe was not earth, you know, for years Centuries, millennia, people thought that we were the center of the universe, but we're not. I contend that God is 
from where he started, where that big bang happened. By the way, again, does not contradict scripture at all. He said, light be, and it was. That God is still there. He is still in control. Light is still emanating from the throne. Uh, I'm gonna, this, is, this will be the biggest nerd check we're going to have all morning. Who has seen the movie Interstellar? A lot more nerds in the second service than the first service. First service looked at me like I was from Neptune, like Interstellar. I watched it on a plane. It might have, Ethan, uh, Lauren, it might have been on one of our long flights back. I've, not a good time to watch Interstellar on a small screen on a plane where you're nodding in and out of sleep. For sure there are moments where I think, hey, wait, am I time traveling right now? Is that because I don't know where I am. I just woke up, I'm somewhere over Iran. But the concept of this film, again, this is what humanists are saying. Our earth is in trouble and the only way out is to find a place to repopulate to save the human race on another planet in another ecosystem. And with the main character, uh, uh, Matthew McConaughey, he got out of the Lincoln Town Car commercial for a little bit and made a movie. And, and he... <laughs> Good for Matthew McConaughey is all I'm saying. But the idea is that the, the world is being destroyed and he's the guy that has to go out, travel interstellar through time to save the universe. But without spoiling it, here's what I want to, this was, a, this was the concept of this film. We used to look up at the sky and wonder at our place in the stars and how many have done that, right? Looking up at the, uh, my wife grew up in North Dakota, the Aurora Borealis, the Northern Lights, and we'd look up and wonder our place in the stars. But now we just look down and worry about our place in the dirt. It's a line directly out of the film. And at some point in this film, um, Dr. Brand, who is the, sort of the, the scientist that's controlling this, is the guy that he tells him, uh, tells Matthew McConaughey, I need you to get out of your Lincoln Town car. And I want you to confront the reality, listen to this, that nothing in our solar system can help us. We are not meant to save the world. We are meant to leave it. And this is the mission you were trained for. And I would say to you that that is... Christopher Nolan tapping into what God has been saying for thousands of years. You're not meant to stay here. You're meant to leave it. I'm going to recreate Eden. I'm going to recreate and do this. There is no way out of here. I have to be the one to get you there. And he, Cooper uh, says, but I've got kids. What am I supposed to do? And he says, then get out there and save them. We must reach far beyond our own lifespans. We must think not as individuals, but as a species. We must confront the reality of interstellar travel. That's the language that he's using. And I'm here to tell you that that doesn't exist, that the only one in history that has accomplished interstellar travel is Jesus Christ himself when he was dead, buried, and resurrected. It says in the Bible that he descended first before he ascended. He left our space-time continuum, stepped into behind the curtain, and created a path for us to get there. Matthew McConaughey is not going to do it. It's a great film. It's just not going to work. That's the secular humanist. And, I'm, and they'll, you're thinking, man, Darren, you have nerded out on a level that might need to dial back a little bit. You should have seen Buford, the look on Buford's face, first service. Uh, for those of you that know Buford, for sure smoke was coming out of his ears. He's like, I just want to go shoot some ducks, man. What are we talking about? Oh. I'm saying this because these, the most brilliant minds in the universe right now in our planet are asking this very question. And I'm telling you, if you're 
Maybe you're a little bit older, you're not asking it. Your kids are asking it, they're wondering. The idea of Art Bell being a crazy weirdo because there are space aliens out there, that's not so crazy to your young kids because that's part of their conversation right now. Of course there must be life out there. And I would say to you this, that everything you're seeing here, again, not unique to modern times, and again, maybe we talk about this uh, podcast mo, but Genesis 6, I believe personally that these are moments of a demonic manifestation of angels who had become on earth, that there is proof of that in scripture. And by the way, when you start seeing, especially when you start seeing crazy stories happening, I want you to look on the map and I want you to look how close you are to a Navajo or Cherokee or whatever Indian reservation in the United States. I've spent some time out there. They're shaman, they're witch doctors, they're, they're doing crazy stuff. And they've got, every one of them has a story of something that you're like, I don't know whether to believe this or not, but you sure look like you believe what you're saying. Like it's a fast, point being that I think that there, that is an option that that's happening. There is something bigger going on here than just you and I. And God is behind the curtain controlling it all. And that the idea that we're not gonna get out of here by our science, we're not gonna get out of here by our brains. Elon Musk may be right. That's why he's building a rocket, not just for fun because he wants to save our species. And I'm just saying there's only other one way out. And that's the way that Jesus provided. And at the center of all that, the reality of this world, okay? The center of the universe is God. The reality of the universe that's happening around that throne where the light exists, that reality is a bunch of beautiful creatures of humans and all doing the same thing, worshiping God. That's the reality of what we were created to do for purpose. Now, if you think that worship is only singing, that sounds kind of lame. Am I honest? Are we honest? If, if all we're gonna do is sit around and have a worship service and sing for like, I don't know, a million years, that's a little underwhelming when you think about it. Like, that, does that sound exciting to anybody? I mean, of course. If, by the way, if you can sing, congratulations. That probably sounds a lot more fun to you than me, right? Because when I sing, like if Joe Cocker gets a solo in heaven, I might be able to pull that off, but the rest of it, I can't do. If worship is only that, then yes, that is not gonna be that Awesome, but if worship is more than that, if worship is what I talked about last week, worship is we all worship something. Okay, uh, that, that speech that I, I read a little bit from uh, David Foster Wallace in the day-to-day -day trenches, this is a, a speech he gave at a graduation. In the day-to-day -day trenches of adult life, there is no such thing as atheism. Okay, and if you're an atheist or if you're an agnostic, listen closely to what this guy, and by the way, this is not a religious guy, FYI. As far as I know, he's never become a Christian. But listen to what even a guy who is intellectually honest has to admit. There's no such thing as atheism. There's no such thing as not worshiping. Everybody worships. The only choice is what we get to worship. If you worship money and things, and pay attention, because he actually is defining worship right here. If they're what you tap real meaning in life from, that is worship. I am putting my weight of my expectations and my life on this thing, then that is me sacrificing everything I have to get this thing that is worship. Where you derive your purpose and meaning from because that is what you were saying it was. By the way, worth it is what he says. The English word worship, the old English is derived from worth-ship. Me saying this is worth it for me to give my life to. 
though you're never gonna have enough, you're never gonna have enough money, it'll never feel like it's enough. Worship your own body and sexual allure and you will always feel ugly. And when the time and age start showing, you will die a million deaths before they finally plant you. If you worship power, you're gonna feel weak and afraid and you will need ever more power over others to keep fear at bay. Worship your intellect to be seen as smart and you're gonna end up feeling stupid and a fraud and always on the verge of being found out and so on. We are all worshiping something. It is written into the code of who we are. Eternity, the Bible says, was written on our hearts. And so our choice has to be, what will we worship? Who will we worship? Because whatever we worship will warp us, will bend us, and will destroy us if it cannot bear the weight of what we're putting on it. And in our modern context, I mean, you know, I could go to sports. That's the great 80s, 90s Baptist sermon. You're out there screaming and worshiping your sports. That's low-hanging fruit, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about giving my entire life and purpose and meaning to something. We're seeing that in modern times in sex and sexual identity and sexual behavior. Saying that becomes my identity. And the fact of the matter is, is it cannot bear the weight. I listened to a young girl last night try to explain that you know, sex and love are two separate things. You can be sexually attracted to somebody and not have any uh, emotional connection to them and that's okay. Like that. But that's putting the weight onto sex that it was never meant to bear, that it cannot bear and the road is littered with the broken hearts and broken souls of those who have tried that. Of course, in our modern context, like we, we would, we would like laugh at like the royals, right? We, if, by the way, anytime you've ever had, had a king or a queen in history, that never ends well, right? Can you think of any time where that has ended well? And now in a modern context, our kings and our queens, like we celebrate them, but they're not like actually kings and queens. They're just ideas of it. But in our culture, of course, it's not just celebrities. It's also Instagram influencers. We have any influencers in here? Instagram influencers, right? No. But your job as an influencer, if your job is just to sit around like in your, your, your tricked out van and travel the country uh, and, and, and go to the Grand Tetons in your bus and, and, and get, you're literally getting paid to influence, that's why it's called an influencer, to get someone to make a decision to spend money on something they may or may not need. That's what an influencer is. And so the quote quote, worship of an influencer is I'm putting my meaning and purpose on this and they're going to influence me to do something. That's about as 101 of worship as you can get because ultimately the influencer, whether it's music, whether it's sexual identity, whether it is sports, whatever, it is changing who you are and influencing you to be away from the way that God created you to be. And by the way, what is it then that true worship. These four creatures that you see before the throne, one has the face of a lion, one is the face of an ox, face of an eagle, the face of man. I, I feel like that some of that is like Psalm 19, like the, the creation worshiping you, creation speaking. It represents the wild beasts, the tamed beasts, the beasts of the air, us as humans, worshiping him by just being what we were created to be.
Like one of the greatest acts of worship we get to be as humans is to be the best version that God has created, empowered by the Holy Spirit of us to be. That is a spiritual act of worship. It's Romans 12, verse one. Offer your life as a living sacrifice, holy, pleasing, acceptable to him, right? That is your spiritual act of worship. An act of worship that we have participated in these last few weeks is when we have freed, I think we're at family 17, but they're waiting to be released right now. But this family is family 15, uh, released just this last Friday. Uh, I have no access to it from here. Oh, it's up there. Okay, got it. Uh, making bricks every day of their life in bondage, slavery, no hope, no options. But you, as a body of believers, worshiped the Lord, obeyed him with your generosity, and these guys are free today. These kids woke up today not making bricks. It's an act of worship. When someone, when, when, when the, the, uh, the birds are flying south, like when, when the wildebeests are, are going through Africa on their migration, they are worshiping God by simply being who they were created to be. When we step into that identity of who Jesus has created for us to be, it is an act of worship. And these young men and women Man, they're glorifying God. They don't know me. They don't know you from a hole in the wall. They're not glorifying us. They're glorifying God because they saw your good works by you being who you were created to be. When you step into your roles, as you know, slinging tots at Sonic, <laughs> when Jamie, when you're selling real estate, right? Jace, when you are hoisted 400 feet up in the air and cutting trees, like those are acts of worship to God, doing what you were created to do and doing it as unto the Lord. That's an act of worship. That's what we're created to be. And in eternity, we're not just gonna be sitting around floating on harps or floating on clouds and playing harps like an old Victoria's Secret commercial. We're actually gonna be out there working and doing what he created us to be. Adam and Eve didn't just sit around picking flowers and naming bugs. Like they were... Dom, dom, dominioning, taking dominion over the earth. Like we're, we're, there, there's this purpose that you were created for. And that is how we'll worship God forever, being who we were created to be, not in a fallen reality, but in the actual reality of eternity with him. You see, the last thing here is the power. And here's the power that I wanted to tell you about. In this room, what do you see? 24 elders, which may or may not represent the 12 uh, tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles, we don't know. Here's what we do know. 24, at least, humans sitting in that room and they're not dead. They're not dead because they're stepping into the presence of God where Bible tells us clearly, you can't see me and live, but they did live. And the power of the reason that they're there is the same reason that we will be there and that is the power of what Christ did for us. He created the ultimate vehicle, if you will. He created himself as a vehicle for us. These elders are what? They're dressed in white. I talked about lightning immunity last week. If you get a chance, go Google the video of Jim Caviezel getting struck by lightning on the cross while filming the passion of the Christ. It is shocking. 
And his story of how God saved him is glorious. But there was such a picture of that because in this throne room, thunder and lightning everywhere, and they're not dead. They're standing in lightning and not dying. They're standing in the holiness and the judgment and the perfection of God, and they didn't die, and they didn't because Jesus provided the path for them that would keep them alive. There is no spaceship that can do that, but there is a Jesus. When it says that you and I are in Christ, that's what it means. And I would just ask you this morning, if you think everything I'm saying right now is kooky talk, are you sure? Because as as Joe Rogan himself says, it's kind of crazy to think that we came from chimpanzees, his words, and chimpanzees are still like biting each other's faces off and we just flew to space. This is a quote from Rogan. What's the difference between the chimp and the human? And he, of course, now his theory is that maybe space aliens came. And and by the way, they think they've created some space experiment and that you and I are like livestock in this. It's a pretty discouraging, uh, if I'm being honest. But you understand, like they're having very serious conversations about this because they have to acknowledge and you have to acknowledge at some point that this needs an explanation. It isn't just normal that this has happened. Something has happened. And I would say to you this morning that believing that God did it is no less crazy than believing that a space alien came down here and impregnated somebody and created humans that, that are going to space. Honestly, like the, that, that's crazy. And it's certainly not any less crazy than the God of the universe who spoke light be and nothing that it says in scripture is ever contradicted by science. What they've said happened is exactly what we believe has happened. And it was all there from the beginning. There is an ultimate reality and there is this fallen reality. You and I live in the fallen one right now. And they're right, we gotta get out of here somehow. And the only way out is through the one that already went and came back to get you and me. That's what the book of Revelation tells us. We're all gonna stand before him one day and I pray that you stand before him dressed in the white robes of his righteousness. Those of you that reject him, you're gonna stand before him too. There's another throne that speaks of the great white throne judgment and that judgment is saying, Jesus, I appreciate your enthusiasm but I want to do this one on my own. I want to be based on my good works. I want my thing to be. And everyone that goes down that path will learn the same thing. And that is that all have sinned, all have fallen short of the glory of God. And now you have stepped into the direct sunlight, the direct lightning and thunder of who God's perfection is. And you will not survive that. But when you stand there in Christ, receiving the work that he did, receiving the punishment you deserved, paying the debt that you could not pay, the atonement of your sins means that you and I can stand there in front of him and live and that for an eternity afterwards, all of us rule together. Like it's not some ethereal thing floating around like he ha- there's a thing coming. He is coming to save us. It's true. And I pray that you'll believe that. Stand to your feet. I would love to pray for you. And if you this morning are wondering if that's you, do I have that right relationship with him? I pray that you right now will just pray to the Lord yourself. 
It's a repent of your repentance. I'm sorry, God, that I've really been trying to do this on my own, but I'm, I'm, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to you, Jesus. I want to be the one that stands before you dressed in white. I pray that you'll pray that this morning. You'll find me or David Chandel or, or Mo or James or anyone that's been around here to pray with you. Heavenly Father, we give this morning to you. Thank you that, Lord, in all the weird, crazy stuff that seems to be floating around, that all they're trying to do, Lord, is figure out what you've already told us. That inspires me. It bolsters my faith. It doesn't weaken it. I don't know what's coming down the pipeline, but I know this, I've seen the future. John has seen the future. And those of us that stand in Christ, we are going to be okay. And that I take hope in today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As you head into your workforces, into your schools, your colleges, head in there in Christ this week, keeping a reminder of that he is on the throne and he is still in control. And you're dismissed.